Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Some green on the screen. This time it's on the grain side. Unfortunately, we saw some lower numbers heading out on the livestock, uh, both cattle and hogs on the day. It is a Friday as we get ready to head into the first really full week of trading next week before we have another holiday um, that's thrown in. As we talked yesterday, January makes it an interesting month to do any sort of trading. But we're going to take a look at what happened with this turnaround in the soybeans, a USDA report out next week, and of course, all the factors of today's market trade with Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment out of in Iowa. And got to start with the soybeans. They definitely turned themselves around for a Friday. Well, they did. And of course, $15 is going to be very psychological resistance. And while the January uh, contract got there, the March contract didn't quite make $15, but it got over $14.94. And so it got close. Now, the market had gotten oversold. But the the driving support under this market is the fact for soybeans is the Argentine drought, where it continues to be into midweek next week in the mid-90s to low 100s, and the, the crop is just suffering horribly. And, um, of course, Argentina uh, needs to have a good uh, production so that they can continue to have some of these... Um, soy or green pesos and continue to be able to garner the business towards them and uh, right now the argentine soy crop is estimated between 38 and 40 million metric tons which is a hard decline from where they started so that is uh i think part of what put the support under today and then you look at um the um, uh, index fund rebalancing that's expected to be occurring. And some are showing that the index funds are selling corn up to, to the tune of 40,000 contracts and 19,000 contracts of wheat and 26,000 contracts of soybeans in the past five-day period. Well, you know, that's fine. But there's also, starting about, um, I think it is Monday, from what I'm hearing, there's going to be more rebalancing happening. And so that could be something that we just have to keep an eye on as to how do the funds come here. I think there's an attitude in these markets, be it whether it's wheat, corn, or beans, that they think of 22 as like 20, or not 20, but 2012, and, uh, of course, in 22, we double-topped the bean market with the all-time high from 2012. And corn came very close as well on a lead contract. And so I think the attitude is, well, in 2013, that old saying, short crops have a long tail. We went into 2013 with tight supplies. The market put its high in. In the first four days of the month, you broke the first four days of 2013, then you caught and you rallied for the high of the year on the first day of February. And I think the trade, especially for old crop, and I think the trade is thinking the exact same thing's going to happen again. Not so sure we're in that camp, but I do think we're looking at a year of the traditional February break. Having said that, then how, do, how does one market? What are some thoughts that you want producers to be thinking about as they get ready to start thinking about putting seed in the ground and and wonder what 23 is going to bring them well i think one thing we have to keep in mind is brazil's crop is expected to help make up for some losses in argentina 
still, that's making up for some losses. It's muting some of that production in Brazil. And in the meantime, we have to keep in mind that um, you've got uh, Ukrainian wheat, not wheat, corn, uh, trading at about a dollar a bushel uh, less than where we are today on corn out of the Gulf. And so that doesn't make us as competitive as we'd like to be. And then you've also got uh, Ukraine picking up some speed here this week. Um, and, you know, with the thought of exporting wheat and corn and especially going to Asia and Africa, but also Europe. And so I think the uh, attitude is, even though there's 19% of the uh, uh, corn crop still in the fields in Ukraine, which is, you know, the old days, number four exporter, you have very dry weather going on in Africa, and then and they're number five exporter, and then you have 40% of the crop in Argentina that is said not going to do a thing. And so, you know, you look at this heat, and it doesn't seem like that heat's abating. And they were talking, you know, beyond the middle of next week, then we'd start to look at some rains come through. But each time they've looked at that, they've been disappointed in the amount of rain they caught. So I think that's helping support the market and push us. Uh, March corn got down to 648 and three quarters this week. The 648 to 650 level is very good support. If you take out 635, now you're taking out the December low. That is not a very friendly sign, and that is 635. The um, uh, corn in the month of December made lower monthly lows and closed the month higher and near the highs. I'm wondering if this isn't part of just a, a catch-your-breath moment correction back. You've got China that's going to be opening up. I think the talk of all the COVID cases has been weighing on the market and the media has been spinning it, that it's going to be very uh, tough on their economy and therefore, like, you shouldn't be expecting a whole lot yet. But the People's Bank of China is saying they have monetary policy ready and they're ready to start stimulating their economy. I think we're going to be surprised. You know, we have to think of like us. You know, yes, maybe we have more vaccinations here than what China's got going. But in the meantime, you don't have any COVID going on in Africa. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the second half. We'll take a look on the wheat side. Is their dryness a concern for these markets? And a lot more as we continue. The Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Net. KRBN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue our conversation this afternoon with Sue Martin of Ag and Investment. And we left off kind of talking about some happenings on this grain complex. And obviously, as it continues to be dry for, for our neighbors to the south, especially with this hard red winter wheat crop. Market, obviously, right now, it's not a big top priority. But there seems to be a little bit more chatter uh, working in with some concerns. Well, I think there is. I think that the wheat market, um, you know, they continue to talk about the exports in, in Russia and what they're exporting and how they're exporting so much more than a year ago. But we also have to keep in mind probably a percentage of that happens to be Ukrainian wheat that they have confiscated. But they won't admit it. But regardless, so you have to deal with that and know that they're undercutting our prices here for the moment. 
But then you look at the weather in the U.S., and we continue to have some pretty um, dry conditions for the winter wheat, and uh, especially the hard red winter wheat. The soft red has picked up some uh, moisture, and maybe that'll help it a little bit. But all in all, our forecast going forward is once we get past about the, I want to say about the 8th or 9th of February, I think we're going to go towards a much warmer, drier spell. And um, and that could also comp- uh, include the Midwest. And um, I think that what we're going to see is above normal temperatures. And so spring comes early. And then because of that and the, the um, uh, planting ideas and what have you for beans and corn fighting for acres, you know, we'll see what that how that plays out. But I think it'll weigh on us. But the weather, I think, will really come into being because I think the wheat crop will break dormancy earlier this year than what we normally would see. As we look over to the livestock side, just a quick rewind to Wednesday when this market was on fire. Um, Did we move a little bit too quick too soon? Because we sure struggled Thursday into today's trade uh, to see those high numbers once again. No, I think that uh, the cattle market... um, I think it's in a range almost for right now. And seasonally, around this time frame, into about the 8th to the 10th, 11th, right around in there, you'll start to strike some lows and try to rally the market into uh, late February. Well, I look at this market, and I think that we know that we've got tight supplies um, just about staring us in the face. And I think that uh, when I look at the cattle market, you know, uh, jobs is not waning. They're still being fairly strong. And so that to me tells us the economy is still good. Demand for beef has been extremely good. And, but the problem you've got going right now is I think cattle are being pushed to market because they've been so stressed, especially in the north, but they've been so stressed that they're not doing well and gaining weight. And in the meantime, some of the times when you have heavier weight cattle, um, if they're the five, 600 weight, you'd be okay. But if they're more of the heavier weights, they're not going to regain that weight back and they're just going to chew up expensive feed. So I think we're seeing cattle move and because of the need that they need to get it done. But the Packer's making money and he's in the black. And so he's going to buy whatever he can, but he's been pretty good this week in managing what he's paying. In fact, I had a subscriber client tell me, um, uh, this morning that he sold like 600 head out of his lot and he said he should have sold more uh, of cattle that were weighing uh, market ready but had lost weight and were stressed and he said that uh, they were going to go to Tama, Iowa and uh, he said JBS wasn't even around. They were out of the market up in South Dakota. Which does not come as a surprise, considering all the snow issues that they continue to have up in South Dakota. And you were talking about this just two weeks ago um, on this program, about the lost cattle and the stress to the cattle. And it finally seems like the market is maybe catching up a little bit to that information. Well, it is. And, you know, feeder market had a big swing up two days ago. And then yesterday took a chunk of that swing up away and then added to that today. So it took a little more. But uh, as we get past, um, I want to say, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, I think this break will be over. And I think that uh, we'll see the market try to start a surge higher for feeder cattle. 
I think $200 feeders is doable once we get in more into March. And finally, what are your thoughts on, on the hogs? I mean, we've got a market that was trying to turn higher once again, but again, followed suit and went to the low side. Well, I will say hog imports in November was up about 8.4% from October, but it still is down about six-tenths of a percent from a year ago before. And I will say that um, hogs imported, you know, three-quarters of 75.8% of the hogs imported in November were feeder pigs. Lots of great things. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue. Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great weekend. Wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us. Sue Martin, just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.